The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. Okay. Well, just for the record, we got a sun in Phoenix, too. 52 to... Everyone and welcome to the Sunny in Phoenix podcast, a weekly podcast where we keep you up to date on everything Phoenix Suns basketball. My name is Charlie Erling, and as always, I'm joined by Mitch Krumpetich. Howdy. Hey there, Mitch. This week on the show, we have some great news. Chris Paul is back in the lineup. Devin Booker wins Western Conference Player of the Week. And then we'll hit you with some game recaps and game previews. Shoutouts are in order for our bet question from last week. We were guessing Mikhail Bridges' points in a game last week. (laughs) Uh, I think we were talking the Nuggets game. We were. Nuggets game last Thursday. Uh, So shout out to at NotBomb88 and at SundersDunks on Twitter. They both said 15 and Mikhail had 22. So again, that's at NotBomb88 and SundersDunks. So shout out to both of you. Uh, between the two of us, the series is now tied because I guessed 22 and I got it right on. Uh, do I get half a point for having my wife uh, get in there on the trivia? No. <laughs> <laughs> that could be our tiebreaker, Mitch. It's built yeah, in. Uh, well, okay. Maybe if we get to that point, I'll consider right. it. Maybe if she does it again. If she gets okay, how about this? If she gets a bet question spot on like I just did, and we need a tiebreaker, I'll count that. All right, you better let Denise have one too, just okay. to be fair. Just yeah, fair. I will have to. All right. Okay, let's get into it. This week, Devin Booker, Player of the Week. Uh, over three games, he averaged thirty-seven points. Three rebounds and six assists, and that's on 58% shooting, 43 from downtown. And even with Chris Paul coming back into the lineup, I mean, you don't see a step down from Booker in the scoring department. You'd argue that it probably went up this week, in fact. But anyways, nice to see Book get the recognition once again as player of the week. I believe it's his third time this year. So that's yeah. uh, he's raking him in a little bit. I mean, how is he not the MVP? The Suns just clinched the best record in the league and are going for the best franchise record of all time. Just need two more wins to break that record. And Booker's averages are just through the roof. He's, I I think it's safe to say he's the best player on our team. And we're the best. I mean, I think he has such a strong case to be the MVP this year. 
Yeah, I I totally agree. It ha- it should be he should be in the top five. Has he yes. been getting that recognition yet? Even I don't. No, I don't know if I've seen anything new with him in the top five of that little leaderboard, but he he obviously deserves it. If you watch these games, he he puts the team on his back. I don't know if he would need to, but he still does anyways. I mean, he had 22 points in the first quarter against the 76ers. The day before, or a couple days before, he had 49 against the Nuggets in Denver. You can't ask for much more out of a guy. And I just hate to think that the fact that he's not seven feet tall grabbing 11 rebounds a night is what holds him back. If you're just going to count those stats, you know? Right. Right. It's just ridiculous. And I don't know. I don't want to speak too soon because there's still an opportunity for them to get this right. So, yeah, let's just hope that the people making these decisions have some sense. That is true. And, I mean, it's cool seeing a guy who's also in this talk, John Morant, say, hey, why isn't Booker getting any love for this? And we've seen it from from more than just him. We've seen quite a few uh, players, ex-players, analysts say that D-Book deserves to be in this talk. Yeah. So it's nice seeing him. Doc Rivers is a great example. He was doing it jokingly, but that, I thought that was great what he said, you know, and before the 76ers game in an interview, Doc Rivers says something along the lines of, oh, I don't, I don't want to give him any reason to have another chip on his shoulder. He's the best player in the world. <laughs> I'm like, that's so funny. Like he knows that Booker just listens to this stuff and feeds off it and it just drives him to be even better. So I thought that was a great, great little bit of uh, reverse psychology from Doc Rivers. It didn't work, but no, <laughs> still, it's the, it's still the Sixers, man. It doesn't matter. Booker is going to go for at least 30 on the Sixers every right. time. He always does. Every time. All right. So it's nice to see Book get that little bit of recognition. And I mean, if he keeps up this pace through the rest of the regular season until whenever we shut it down he has to be up for some sort of MVP consideration. He, he just has to be. Yeah. But, we also saw the stats about his defense this year. He's like the most, it's like the best defensive rating for a shooting guard this year. Is that right? Right. Yeah. W- which mean, is great. It, it's not saying that he's the, the best defensive shooting guard. Right. Sadly. Right. He's not. We know that. But the fact is, he's in on rotations where there's great defense being played. He's not being hidden, guarding, you know, someone out of his position. He's more than likely guarding the shooting guard every night. I mean, uh, there are times where Mikhail's going to be taking the shooting guard, but, I mean, it's not going to be something that anyone else has to really bust it to make up for. Right. And, I mean, Mikhail Bridges is first-team all-defense. He's got to be this year. And I, I hope so, man. I, I really not. do. He has to be. And, but even with that, it's, it's nice that we still aren't hiding Booker, even though we have Mikhail. We have a lot of great defenders. Mikhail, Jay Crowder, Chris Paul, Torrey Craig, like all those guys who are – just solid athletic defenders. Well, Chris Paul, not as much on the athletic, but whatever. 
Booker doesn't have to hide still. Like he's still playing solid defense. Yeah, that that does need to be taken in, into consideration now. Uh, you don't just look at Booker's points per game and assists per game. I mean, take a peek at those rebounds. Take a, take a peek at those uh, advanced defensive stats. He's putting his money where his mouth is. I was so shocked to hear these guys say, we all deserve a look for all NBA first-team defense. Uh, we all yeah. deserve a look at it because it's true. It's one of the best defenses in the league. It's the best team in the league. And nobody nobody has to hide on our defense. It's so – man, we have come a long way. And yeah. just uh, D-Book himself has come such a long way playing defense, man. It's it's fun watching him play D. Yeah, it's – oh, we have come a long way. It's such a <laughs> – it's so enjoyable to watch this team, even though we were talking about this earlier today, getting a little bit burnt out on the regular season, which I'm also realizing because we're in that stretch of games that we didn't have last year. This is the... Oh, true. We're in the last 10 and we didn't have these last year. So I feel like that's why I'm just like so excited for the playoffs because we only had 72 games last year. That's a good but, point. Um, still... It's been such a joy to watch this whole regular season. Yeah, and just a few years ago, at this time of year, we'd be 100% into March Madness. Uh, more importantly, right. the prospects coming out of NCAA. Uh, right. And then counting down till that lottery date and hoping that we lose games between now and the end of the season. Right, I know. It's so nice that it's... We don't even have a draft pick this year. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. And we don't need one. We don't. I don't think we even have our second. I could be no. wrong. No, we don't. No. I, I was looking. I was actually looking at a mock draft last night just because there's a lot of Gonzaga guys who could potentially get taken in the second round. And, uh, yeah, I believe the Pacers have pick 59. Oh, there you go. Good for Indy. They they need it. Yeah, they do. Not that 59 is going to land you anything that... uh is going to be helpful more than likely, but no, but they need it more than us. Very true. Okay. So that's enough gushing about Devin Booker. I mean, what a great week, but Chris Paul back in the lineup equally as big of a part to this son's success. I think we can all agree on that, but Chris Paul comes back into the lineup a little early and it just seems like he didn't miss a beat 17 right. and 13 against Denver. 19 and 14 against Philly. Amazing. I saw a meme today that said Chris Paul has returned from a uh, fractured thumb faster than Kendrick Nunn has after bumping his knee on a coffee table. <laughs> like, uh, I know a knee is a lot different than a thumb, but I just kind of had to laugh at that. No, it's... I, it's crazy, though, man. Like, these guys come back from injury or just deal with injury very differently than the next guy on the roster. I mean, LeBron did, uh, I guess we'll call it a turn. He turned his ankle pretty pretty rough last night. And it looked worse than the one that happened to Anthony Davis. But yet LeBron just uh, laced up his shoe a little tighter and finished the game. 
Yeah. And then Anthony Davis has been out how long and might come back when? I Who even knows? Who knows? But, yeah, Chris Paul looking really good. I was a little nervous. You know, we had been saying for a while, don't rush. Come back whenever he's ready. And he looks ready. He looks really good. Oh, he, he absolutely does. I will admit I'm happy we didn't bring him back for that Timberwolves game, though. Yes. That got yes. a little chippy. That got it really was chippy. chippy. It we'll was talk really about chippy. that in a little bit, but I'm glad we we missed that matchup for him. And then, yeah, when he came back against the Nuggets, it didn't look like he was missing much of a step. I, I caught a hand, maybe like three plays over the last two games where he looked a little bit unsure. But I mean, after taking that much time away from the from the game and just not being in perfect game shape, you can't complain about it. Chris Paul will be ready for the playoffs. And I mean, I bet he's dang near 100 percent like ready to go. I don't think it sure seems like it uh, by the end of this week. It'll be like he was never gone. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And. The reality of Chris Paul, the only downside to this, is he does take away from Booker's MVP bid just a little bit. That's the reason why I kind of think, if I'm being an optimist, the reason why Booker isn't in this conversation as much, because Chris Paul is having such a major contribution. Yeah, I mean, got to agree with that. Uh, they're, They're both just huge parts of the team. And... I mean, we can go into this MVP circle all day about, like, if you look at Jokic and Embiid, yes, they are putting up monster numbers. If they weren't on their teams, their teams would be much worse. But still, their teams aren't as good as us. Not even close, in fact. We're much better. Yeah, we are. it. It it sucks, man. It takes away that we can lose Chris Paul for a few weeks and pretty much win at the same pace that we had been all season. Same goes for when Aiton was out. Same goes for when Booker was even out for a little bit earlier. Uh, It's a a blessing and a curse, I suppose. Yeah. And you know what? At the end of the day, you know, we're – we're not concerned about this, and these the team just wants to win it all. That's it. Like, they don't care as much about all defense or MVP. They just want to win the championship. Yep, that's, uh, that's apparent. The guys, are they're talking about it. Uh, in the post-game interviews, I've heard a few bits about how we want to go finish the job that we didn't last year. And these guys are locked in. We have seven games left of the season. We need two more to break the Suns franchise record for wins in a regular season. Uh, I, I see us going b- much beyond it, honestly, as we move into this. Uh, I, I think we get the record this week, and then I think we smash it in the last week and a half of the season. Yeah, I agree. I I definitely think that's what's going to happen, and... Oh, it's just, it's so nice. It's so nice to be good. It's its nice. It is fun. It is fun turning on the game every other night and watching our team play basketball the way it's meant to be played, be coached by a, a great, great man. It feel, It just all feels so good. I, I don't, 
I guess there is one little dark spot, uh, depending on if it is actually little, but with Sarver, who yeah. knows what's going on there, but everything on the court and the guys that are, have been put on the court and the guys put in charge to coach these guys, you, you can't ask for much more. Right. That is a dark spot, definitely. And we haven't heard very much about it, so we don't really know what's happening there. But we have to remember that Sarver does not represent Monty Williams or the players. They had nothing to do with any of that. And uh, I'm still going to be happy for them. For sure. All right, let's move it on to some game recaps. Talk about last week's three games. And we'll start off with that Chippy Timberwolves game. And the opening note on this one was DeAndre Ayton, a career high in points. Really nice to see him getting it going. Uh, 24 shot attempts in this one, made 15 of them. We we love seeing him being that involved in the offense, obviously, but uh, 35 points in this one over Carl Anthony Towns. Just beautiful. I, I love to see an Aiton-led team. Yeah. Towns was really frustrated, too. He couldn't really get anything going. He had 15 points in the whole game, and I believe all of those came in the first half. It was most of them. I think he scored, okay. like, three in the second half. Three. Or... Okay. Sure. May, may, I could be wrong, though. I'm not sure. Yeah. I mean, Aiden just had his number. And it's – oh, that was awesome. And the, like we talked about earlier, the game was chippy. And – I don't I think that worked in our favor. We we like to play with a chip on our shoulders. So I think that's very, very apparent. And I think teams are maybe starting to figure that out. The Lakers learned it last year in the playoffs after the Yeah the, uh, LeBron in the post teams. That happened and then after that the Lakers didn't win another game. We we rocked him after that. And then we won six in a row. Yeah. More so that was upsetting. And then the Timberwolves were showing some life early in this one. And Carl Anthony Towns in particular was getting real hyped up. And it's like our guys truly get offended seeing the other team celebrate in any fashion. I think it makes them that mad. And then it seemed like as soon as that happened, boom. 32 to 24 in the third quarter and then the fourth quarter 42 28. So yeah. it seemed like we had had enough of their 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 act and it was uh it was game over after that stuff. And you know the Suns are the masters of halftime adjustments. This is one of Monty Williams' greatest strengths. He actually looks at the game and adjusts accordingly. Unlike my college basketball coach Mark Few mm-hmm. who refuses to change anything ever. Ugh. So frustrating. But <laughs> Monty, tough. Monty just like, and he's talked about this many times, Monty has, that he has to be flexible and he has to listen to the players and get to know what they're seeing. And he can't just stick to his way thinking it's always the best. Right. I I love it. And when you have a team that has a, high basketball IQ pretty much from a starting lineup all the way to the end of the bench, that stuff does work. I mean, these guys know what they're doing. And 
Let's look at the leading scores aside from Aiton's 35. We have Booker with 28 and uh, actually got to the line in this one. I think a maybe a season high 16 attempts. 16, yeah. That, yeah. that was a ton. And then uh, we get Bridges with 16, who's been just so steady for us lately. And then another guy who's been, we can call it more than steady. Landry yeah. Shamit, 19 points in this one, plus 21. He's six great. for 10 from the floor, five for nine from downtown. And he is just such a huge scoring boost off the bench. And that that's what our bench needs right now. Yeah. Uh, I'd love to see Landry turn it on because he's just been so off. Uh, but yeah, the plus 21 is great. And again, this was our last game. Uh, without Chris Paul. So to have campaign and Landry Shamit kind of step in uh, and cover that scoring and passing and everything has been nice. Yes. And I hope this keeps up when Cameron Johnson comes back to the lineup, to the bench. Yes. Because if those two guys are both getting buckets, there's going to be no break for the opposing defenses. They're, they're going to have to be guarding scores all the time. There's, it's not going to be much of a break when Booker comes off because there's two new guys to worry about with uh, Johnson and Shamit. I, I just love that. Yeah, and I'm really hoping Cam Johnson will be back soon. Um, I have him on my fantasy Twelve games. Team. Yes. Twelve missed games. The, the fantasy report says he practiced, uh, but then was held out from the uh, the Sixers game. And maybe we're looking at a Wednesday or Friday return. That would be nice. Uh, we saw the team get in some foul trouble in the 76ers game. And man, we could have used some uh, some extra bodies. So I'm I'm definitely anxious for him to come back and just to, you know, re-round out our bench lineup and get those guys uh back into the swing of things before playoffs here. Yeah. Yeah, I especially want Cam to get a few games in because uh, he was in such a great groove, and I just hope he hasn't lost that. For sure. And uh, last note on the T-Wolves game, some pretty some pretty solid defense. They got a lot of scoring out of their bench, but we held D'Lo to six points, Towns to yeah. 15. And then Anthony Edwards to 19 on 7 for 17 shooting. So we, we shut down their, their main options. They had some other guys step up, but it was enough for us to come up with a win. Yep, that's right. Oh, wait, another note, another final note. Devin yes. Booker's dunk when yes. uh, Elo yes. was somewhat in the way, and then he supposedly said something along the lines of, this is why I don't have any friends or I don't yeah. have any friends or something yeah. like that. Whew. That was a that was definitely a top ten D book NBA dunk for yeah, sure. That was awesome. Well probably top know, five. The T Wolves had been playing so I wanna say Spurs esque. Real dirty, not getting caught, tripping guys, just real bottom of the barrel stuff. Maybe not quite to the level of the Spurs. But, no, it was like Pat Beverly's little carnival out there for a yeah, while. Right now. Yes, yeah. it's, it's clear that the team has learned some kind of stupid stuff from Pat Beverly. Yeah. And, yeah, Booker was just like, I'm not having any of this. 
Oh, I'm man. Every time I just think about that, the little friendship trio that they have and the, the rumors about them all trying to get together. Could you imagine how disappointed Devin Booker would be in himself? Had he gone to Minnesota? Yeah. Rather than sticking it out with this, obviously he wouldn't know if that would have happened, but uh, alternate timeline wise. Wow. Yeah, I know it. Yeah. He made the right choice for sure. Yes. Very much so. Yes. All right. Moving on to the Nuggets game. Suns take the win 140 to 130. Not worried about too much defense in this one, but no. <laughs> uh, D book uh, game leading 49 points with 10 assists. Yeah, <laughs> 49 points and 10 assists. He's not ball hogging it. Uh, another big game at the free throw line, 15 to 17. Apparently, he just had to say a little something about it. And then he's getting rewarded a little bit more often. But, I mean, just a just a master class by D-Book in this one. Yeah, and he did it efficiently. 16 for 25. That is impressive. Anything over 50% from the field I'm content with, and that's well over. So, yeah, that's uh, and, that's good stuff. And all this scoring, too, only making two threes. So, I mean, that's 21 points between threes and free throws. So, he was just operating how he does. A lot of mid-range shots, uh, good looks, really high percentage looks. Booker has become, I think he's gained a lot of intelligence uh, just over his career and with Chris Paul helping him to make sure he gets to the exact right spot. Oh, yeah, 100%. And we see Chris Paul come back into the lineup for this one. We see that, uh, you know, despite D-Book going for 49, otherwise some balanced scoring from the team. Bridges with 22, Crowder with 12, Aiton with 16. Chris Paul, 17 and 13 in his return. Little six for 10 from the floor. No problem. Three turnovers, though, Chris. That's a little out of control there, but Uncharacteristic, yes. <laughs> uh, the bench uh, was not amazing, but that's okay. Campaign had nine points. Torrey Craig had eight. Landry Shamit had two. JaVale had three. Biombo had two. That's we definitely had to lean on the starters a lot. I mean, Booker played 38 minutes. So did McHale. Chris Paul played 30 in his return. I was hoping to see that closer to 20, but it's what we needed. So, yeah, I'm a little surprised, but in the end, not so much. I thought that Aaron Holiday would stick around in the lineup a little bit. Yeah, just for some spot minutes, even just keep him. uh keep them in the flow with everybody, that type of thing. But I mean, I guess that's what the, uh, that's what practice is for, I suppose. But man, I, I just hope, uh, I don't think we rushed him back. I don't think we would have let him play had he not been ready, but we all know that Chris Paul wasn't going to come back and not play more than half the game, you know? Right. That's just how he is. He wants to play every second. And that's the one thing I love about him. Yep, for sure. And then campaign, just big shout outs to him. Just coming into the starting lineup while Chris is gone. And I mean, darn near putting up Chris Paul like stats. No one expected that out of him, but he did it. 
And then now Chris comes back. He moves back to his bench role. He plays his 15 minutes, and he's cool with it. And he does an excellent job. And what what a what a great change of pace backup point guard to have. So just wanted to give Cam a little shout out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's nice to see his humility in these situations. That's what you're gonna say, Mitch. <laughs> Can't give him a little more love. You really don't like him that much. No, I mean, he has been good. (laughs) He's been good. I just think there's a lot of guys out there that would get big heads from playing well and say, no, I should be playing more. I don't want to go back to playing 15 minutes. That's fair. That's a good point. That's very true. Uh, Great guy. He got a great opportunity. One that he probably hadn't received from anybody else in the NBA that bubble summer and uh i mean then he signs a team friendly deal we got a love campaign man we do and i kind of have to eat my words because i was not thrilled i haven't been thrilled with him throughout this year but he has i think he has really been able to stop and look at his game and slow down a little bit and yeah i mean i think he's aware of the people telling him you're out of control, like stay, stay grounded. No, I, I do. I do see where you're coming from, but I'm just a little bit, uh, more of a ringleader of the campaign, uh, fan club. So it's okay. You are, you are. All right. And this, this game against the nuggets, we'll close it up with this. Just, a. A weird balance of shooting from them. Bones Highland had a great game shooting for them off the bench. He had 23, but uh, you have Jokic who goes for 28 points, 9 of 10 shooting. Yeah. Why Why only 9 of 10 shooting? Yeah, that's so weird. Candidate. I, like, why let Aaron Gordon shoot 16? Even though Aaron Gordon did have a good game. Why, why is he getting 16 shots? Why do yeah. Barton and Morris both need 10? I feel like... Uh, the MVP should maybe be carrying a little bit more. And maybe that's why they're only 43 and 31 this year. And yeah, no Jamal Murray. I get it. I get it. Yeah, no, I agree. That is very odd. Only 10 shots. If I were nine for 10, I'd it'd be hopefully 19 for 20. You know, like I, I'd keep putting those up as right. much as I could. And yeah. he can get anything he wants. He can. He's a great shooter. I mean, he can just flip the ball up, basically, if he's anywhere within five feet of the rim, and it goes in, it seems. Right. Oh, well. Uh, we'll take the win. And move it on to the 76ers game, where we match up against Joel Embiid and James Harden. Uh, James Harden. Man, how many different jerseys has that guy come to Phoenix in and play <laughs> in front of his college crowd? You know what I mean? I know. It seems I... like he's in a new one every time lately, but... uh. We get the best of these guys, 114 to 104. And these guys, just want to get this right, uh, Embiid and Harden combined for 20 free throws while the Suns shoot 17 as a team, yet still pull out the win. Yeah. And this is a great game for preparation for the playoffs because we know how these games are called. And we also had our favorite ref of all time, Scott Foster, in this one. Yeah. I thought, I mean, as much as he frustrates me, 
I thought it was great that he was the ref in this game. This was a great taste of what the finals will be like if we face the Sixers. They will get every single call and it will be frustrating and we will still outplay them. That is true. And they, they shot a ton of free throws, but there were a few where both of them and beat and Harden were both baiting pretty hard and the refs, you know, I could have sworn they had called that exact foul earlier in the game. They quit blowing the whistle a little bit later and it really helped us out. And I don't know why that changed at that time, but it seemed like they started letting us play a little bit more. And that's when we just, uh, ended up kind of coming away with the game. I really do think that the league talks to the refs at halftime and tells them to adjust. Well, yeah, I I always think they look at the fouls and free throws and, oh, we called eight more fouls on the Suns in the first half. We need to try to even that up a little bit more in the second. But, yeah, I mean, maybe that's what the NBA is pretty much telling them, too. That's really what it seems like. I mean, I have no actual basis for that. but Yeah. It wouldn't shock me. That's, that's right. fair to say. Right. But, yeah, I mean, still a very exciting game. Still really nice to beat a team that at the time was first in the East. They're no longer. But, right. um, yeah, very encouraging win. Yeah, and you could tell this was going to be a pretty fun one from the start. Uh, the Sixers ended up winning the first quarter by two. It was 39-37, to 37, so plenty of scoring right out the gate. But D-Book had 22 in the first quarter. Uh, it, it kind of made me laugh because the first thing I thought of is, oh, he's on pace for 88 and a loss. <laughs> luckily uh, that didn't happen i the 88 would have been cool but the victories are obviously more important right now yeah that's right and i mean that's i think that's the thing with this team booker knows he can go out and just like get his but he's gonna do what he needs to to win yeah like in the 49 point game I think he had a 48 or 49 point game earlier in the season and he was he was hunting for that 50 pretty hard. He didn't right. quite do it as hard this time. Because I think the just the the mentality is W's now. It's not about not about your stats or anything. Not saying that it ever was for D-Book, but uh the W's are just utmost important right importance right now even though they don't mean anything we could lose for the rest of the year and be locked into our one seed which is insane and awesome it is it <laughs> but is <laughs> these guys they don't they still don't want to lose these games mean nothing they doesn't mean that they want to lose them right I, I i mean i think we should go out and win every one of these remaining games yeah eight in a row right now Ooh. I've said it before, and I think we lost shortly after, but it it gets to points with this team where it feels like who can beat us? Who could possibly beat us? Right. And then we lose to the Pelicans by 25. Yeah. (laughs) That's about right. Luckily, well, hey, we might end up matching up with the Pelicans rather than the... And you know what? At that point, maybe we want the Pelicans to win so that the Lakers don't make the playoffs. Right. Oh, man. <laughs> we're 
we're Suns fans, all of us. We should be rooting. I think it depends on where you fall, but you should probably be rooting for the Spurs right now. Let's not even let the Lakers into the plan. Right. Or I'm rooting for the Blazers. Let the Blazers jump both of those teams. <laughs> That's not going to happen. Without Dame, that would be just... Just imagine. Imagine how ideal that would be for the Spurs and Lakers to not even make the playoffs, especially now that 10 seeds get in. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'd like that. Okay. Let's move it along. Game previews this week. Uh, like we mentioned earlier... One win to tie the franchise win record, two wins to break it. Could very well happen this week. Three away games, but against some uh, banged-up teams. We have the Warriors on Wednesday, the Grizzlies on Friday, and the Thunder on Sunday. And let's start talking this Warriors game. And it looks like they'll definitely be without Steph. Uh, Clay missed a game uh, tonight, so last night, Monday night. I don't know if these guys are uh, in any sh- sort of condition to beat us right now. They've right. been struggling against everybody. Still no Draymond Green. Uh, Wiseman won't be coming back this season. They have been hit by the injury bug for sure. But, uh, yeah, let's uh, let's just beat them. Yeah, absolutely. Can't overlook them. They're still good. Oh, yeah. And uh, you know that they – they're looking forward to the game one of the playoffs and they really don't care about these last couple of weeks. They, exactly they just, they need to get healthy. They need to get in. They probably aren't even all that concerned about who their matchup's going to be. They, no, no. If they're playing good ball, they should, uh, they should be able to win their round one matchup no matter who it's against. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Until then we're going to beat them on Wednesday. Yes, that's exactly right. Then Friday, we have the Grizzlies. And this is our bet question game. So Devin Booker has just been going nuts. How many points will he score in the game against the Grizzlies? And I believe it's your turn to go first. All right. I am going to go 34. 34. All right. That works out because I had a number in my head. 40. Love it. He's, I mean, likely he's going to finish right in between those two, but it's I just pretty fair range right there. Yeah. Right. I, so. I think he's, oh, he's been so good. And I think he's just going to go off in this one too. Why not? And this I mean, this would not? be the game to set the new franchise record for most wins in a season. If we beat the warriors on Wednesday. So right. this potentially is the game to do it. And how fitting would it be for that to happen with Booker just going off? That would be fun. It's almost a shame that if this goes the way that we're talking about, that it won't happen at home, though. It'd be cool to break yeah. it at home. It'd obviously be a little more celebratory in the arena afterwards, but eh, the guys will still have fun. They, That's right. They do all right. Uh you can see that JaVale just needs to FaceTime in to get him high. I was going to say the exact same thing. Oh, man. Yeah. I love these guys, dude. It the, was great. JaVale missed last game with uh, illness, non-COVID, but he was feeling well enough to do his normal pregame ritual, and it got everybody hyped up. So, it, yeah. I mean, you just love to see it. He should FaceTime with 
the the jumbotron uh, in the arena because I know the Suns are doing some of those away game broadcasts in the arena again, so they could just get Javale on the horn for the fans. That would be sweet. I'd rather That'd see him fun. play, but if he's sick, well, we can, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but I mean afterwards. <laughs> oh, okay, after okay. Game, call him up, get him on FaceTime. There we go. Post game. Um, I like that. But yeah, let us know on Twitter at Sunny and PHX Pod. How many points do you think Devin Booker will have in this game on Friday against the Grizzlies? And no, John Morant looks like he'll be out until the start of the playoffs, likely. But that doesn't really matter because the Grizzlies play better without him, which is that's weird. that's right. The Grizzlies are really good. Yeah, and They're you the want to talk about team? I think. I think them and the Warriors, hands down, are the only two teams to be worried about in the West. Yeah. Okay, and then after the Grizzlies game, just one more this week. That'll be Sunday in Oklahoma City against the Thunder. And the Thunder are the Thunder, and they are tanking, and they're very young. This should be a nice, uh, easy one for us. Hopefully we have our record, and maybe we start consider to uh, shut guys down a touch. You know, maybe... Book and Chris under 30 minutes would be the nice first step to see something like that. Yeah, especially with a lot of travel this week. Uh, I would like to see them slow down those minutes a little bit and give the bench guys some time to come back. Hopefully we have Cam Johnson back by this one and he can get some good run. But uh, yeah, it should be an easy win. We can't take them too lightly, but also... It may not matter one bit if we lose this game. That is true. And uh, Lundberg, Gabriel Lundberg, is with the team. Yes. I saw him in a video. So I don't know if he's close to being able to play, but maybe a little lundberg Peyton backcourt <laughs> towards the end of the year. I'd like that. I'd, I'd like to see that. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Just to know that we're so good that we can do that. Yeah. <laughs> that would be great. Man. All right. Well, with that, we'll move to the non-sports section of the show. We're not going to talk about it, but everyone knows what happened. So what's your favorite Will Smith movie? <laughs> uh, it's it's Wild Wild West. Of um, course. This movie came out when I was 10 years old. So... I thought it was pretty cool at the time. <laughs> uh, honestly, if I if I try to remember like the the plot of this story, I, I remember a train, uh, an attractive woman counterpart, <laughs> uh, a rap song that went along with the movie, and that's all I need. You know, there there have been plenty of good Will Smith movies over the years, but that's the one that I that's the first one I think of. Wild Wild West. Yeah, it's a classic at this point. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to go the opposite direction. Uh, I thought about just saying Wild Wild West, too, just to be funny. But Monster Mash-esque. Yeah. Monster Mash-esque, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but serious answer, I'm going to say iRobot. Ooh. Yeah, it was a good one. Uh, gets you thinking, definitely. Um, I haven't seen it in a very long time. I believe it came out in 04. I don't. I didn't see it right away. I think I probably saw it five or six years later. And 
it would be very interesting to see how I look at it now, you know, even 10, 12 years in the future. Because I feel like that movie was, uh, you know, it's a little bit of the scary parts of AI and whatnot. And yeah, I should go back and rewatch that and just see how it resonate how it resonates nowadays what's the one where he's like one of the last survivors on earth i am legend i am legend i thought that one was okay i also like that movie yeah if i had to be serious maybe i'd put that one number one but uh wild wild west number men one. in black is a that, really great movie too that's up there for i sure thought about too. it but i really haven't seen that in a long time and yeah we were just talking before Men in Black was very scary to me at first. <laughs> As a kid, Men in Black was a scary movie. Yeah, I remember the aliens uh, being... You know, that was back when a lot of like graphics in movies were bad. Yeah. And you yes. knew things were very fake. And I remember seeing those like, whoa, that's actually pretty spooky. Yeah. The thing that scared me the most was the memory eraser thing. Hmm. That freaked me out. <laughs> <laughs> the most I mean, the aliens too, but <laughs> that's funny. That's really funny. Yeah, I have a clear memory of watching that movie with my dad and like enjoying it, like I wanted to watch it, but then having a a slight existential crisis as a child, you know, just having recently gained understanding of what memory was <laughs> <laughs> what if exactly what if? yeah it's i like, bet your dad set you straight though didn't he oh i'm sure i i think i remember he'll have to listen to this and correct me but i'm pretty sure i asked him like is that actually possible <laughs> i'm sure i said something because <laughs> it freaks me out but did you ever have a moment like that where around four or five years old, you just like understand consciousness. Wow. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, like, let me tell you, I remember I was four or five and I, I started to understand that I only see the world through my own, my own perspective. And I remember being like, what, how does my mom see the world? Why can't I understand the way she sees everything? And like, it would kind of bother me a little bit, but I just remember kind of not figuring it out, but just like having that realization at that age and being like, Whoa, I'd say you're probably in the right profession nowadays <laughs> if that's what you were worried about when you were that age well, i probably didn't think about that until i was like 16 mitch <laughs> <laughs> well that's a little different <laughs> i'm kidding i yeah, that's <laughs> no i get you uh oh that's all right i like it that's a good way to let's just wrap it up right there yeah. thanks for tuning in everybody uh hit us up on twitter at sunny and phx pod We'll be back next week with another episode. Go Suns.